Hey, welcome to Wayfair. This is Aaron. It's week three of our Lenten journey. Each week, you'll have a chance to hear some good music and a story from somebody here at Central. From downtown dance clubs to box-filled basements, we'll learn a little bit about each other and discover that we're not alone on this journey. Each week, we'll listen to scripture, we'll pray together, and remember places where we can join in God's work of peace and justice. I grew up in a decidedly Southern Baptist family, and at least in our strain of Baptist, there wasn't much talk of Lent. All I knew was that at a certain time of year, some folks decided not to eat chocolate or ice cream or to drink Coke, and that was enough to make me glad to be Baptist. But over the years, I've come to appreciate this season more. For brooding, artsy-fartsy types like me, it fits. It's nice to have a time of year when I can be contemplative rather than just plain moody. But the Lenten emphasis on introspection and self-denial isn't so one-dimensional. It's not self-denial or sacrifice for its own sake. That's hardly helpful. I used to see Lent as constriction, a shoring up of our moralities and our behavior. But more and more, I see Lent as a widening. It's about exploring our interior landscapes, not navel-gazing. It's about making room, not austerity. It's about release, not constriction. It's about reconnecting with the source of life, not about disconnecting from all enjoyment. I still have this tendency to think that God wants some proof of my allegiance, that somehow God is not satisfied with me just like I am. And so, I can tend to turn Lent into just another way that I have to prove myself to be worthy of grace, or to be worth saving. But that's not the purpose of this season. God's not looking for proof of our worthiness. God's not keeping notes on if we prayed enough or didn't use our driving words on the way home from work. God's whispering to us, calling us out into the wide open spaces leading us into fields of grace, pointing us to where the waving wheat of gratitude sways, inviting us to find streams of fresh, clear water that spring up in the most unexpected of places. Who knows what goodness may be born in our hearts when we make room for love to flower there, when we make room for life to grow and thrive. Who knows? There may be less room for some things, but I don't think we'll miss them. So, listen to your heart. Be attentive to the spark of the divine within you as we journey together. Scatter seeds of hope and come, Lord Jesus. 
Long we have journeyed o'er marshes, deserts, plains, yearning for a causeway where our children can be safe. So we tear down injustice that keeps our peace in chains, and come, Lord Jesus, in every step we take. To the tunes of violence Longing for the bright sounds Of love to make amends So we don the melody Of love's generous strains And come Lord Jesus And every song we sing Come, Lord Jesus, in every stand we take. Come, Lord Jesus, in every smile we bring. Come, Lord Jesus, in every word we speak. Come, Lord Jesus. the Jewish Passover, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple those who were selling cattle, sheep, and doves, as well as those exchanging currency sitting there. He made a whip from ropes and chased them all around the tent, including the cattle and sheep. He scattered the coins and overturned the tables of those who exchanged currency. He said to the dove sellers, Get these things out of here. Don't make my father's house a place of business. His disciples remembered that it is written, Passion for your house consumes me. Then the Jewish leaders asked him, By what authority are you doing these things? What miraculous sign will you show us? Jesus answered, 
destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. The Jewish leaders were right. It took 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? But the temple Jesus was talking about was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered what he had said, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. John 2.13-22 Today we're talking with Rachel Childress. Rachel has been the CEO at Lexington's Habitat for Humanity for over a decade now, where she diligently works to build homes for families in our community. She's been at Central for even longer, where she's raised her two daughters, Juliana and Delaney, who sometimes make it into her stories. Whenever Rachel preaches, teaches, or we talk for a podcast, I'm always surprised at the way that she takes a scripture that I might find difficult and constraining, and she finds a generous, hopeful, and life-giving reading. Like today, in Rachel's reading of the cleansing of the temple. Here's Rachel. What stories came, came to mind for you? Well, for me, right now the story is I'm in the process of trying to sell my house. I'm downsizing. So I'm doing a lot of cleansing. And some of that cleansing is just very physical, going through stuff, just 22 years in this house of accumulated stuff. Uh, so it, and it's dirty and dusty work in some ways. But the other thing is when you go through that stuff that you've saved for a reason, and I, I keep things, but there's typically a reason and a lot of it's been keepsakes. So sitting with my kids and going through the tubs of their every report card, you know, not every artwork they did, but lots of artwork and cards that people sent them and, uh, you know, letters that they wrote me at some point or the other. Mom, I hate to have to tell you this, but I did something, you know, <laughs> and pages. There's one that's three pages about going out after curfew on the youth trip. And um, so it's bittersweet, you know, great memories and you realize you can't keep all that stuff, but you do get to keep the memories. But when I think about it in terms of relating it to this scripture where Jesus came in and what they had done was fill the temple. Uh, they had filled their lives with these things that were not important and that needed to be knocked down and gotten out of the way so they can move on and fill their lives with things that are important. So some of what I've been doing has been very freeing because I feel like getting the stuff out of the way um, and honestly living through some grief and finishing some grief from Baz's passing um, that I need to do to say, okay, what's next and new in my life? Um, and there are a couple of quotes that, that I thought of. One is Annie Lamont says, you, God can't clean the house of you while you're still in it. And that made me think even in, in more terms of it's not just the stuff around me that needs to be cleansed and cleared out and sorted, uh, but it's the stuff that's inside of me that also needs to be cleansed. So with 
memories and grief and just day-to-day life, there's always this junk that, um, that I, ha- I have to sort through and gets in my mind and interferes with my ability to be all I can be. You just have to work through it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the positive side. You work through it, and it is work. But when you come out on the other side, there's this clean, free space, oh, physical space, emotional space, spiritual space. We'll wrap things up with Rachel in a minute, but first, here's some music from Raleigh Kincaid. Raleigh's been the music minister at Central for, well, forever, I think. He's also a marriage and family therapist at Family Practice Associates of Lexington. From Handel to Marvin Gaye and John Rutter to Pink, I'm always astounded at the breadth and the depth of Raleigh's musical knowledge and his appreciation of all kinds of good music. Here's Raleigh. Saying love is foolish to believe Cause there'll always be some crazy With an army or a knife To wake you from your daydream Put the fear back in your life Look, if someone wrote a play Just to glorify what's stronger than hate Would they not arrange the stage? Look as if the hero came too late He's almost in defeat Looking like the evil side will win So on the edge of every seat From the moment that the whole thing begins It is love that mixed the mortar And it's love that stacked these stones Love that made the stage here Though it looks like we're alone In the scene set in shadow like the night is here to stay It is evil cast around us But it's love that wrote the play In this darkness love can show the way So now the stage is set Feel your own heart beating in your chest This life's not over yet So we get up on our feet and do our best You play against the fear Play against the reason not to try Playing for the tears Burning in the happy angel's eyes For it's love that mixed the mortar And it's love that stacked these stones Love that made the stage here Though it looks like we're alone In the scene set in shadow Like the night is here to stay There's evil cast around us But it's love that wrote the play In this darkness love can show the way Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the news cycle and forget that there's also good news happening all around us. 
This news started over 40 years ago with the Adams and Eve Sunday School class. For over four decades, Central Baptist Church has been delivering food and making friends in Irishtown. Each month, members at Central have made sack lunches and delivered them to families struggling with food insecurity in downtown Lexington. The Irishtown ministry is more than making sandwiches. Participants have made long-standing relationships over these decades. The years of connection and care have created friendships that have changed everyone involved. The people down there, you, you learn who they are, and you learn to love those people, and they love you. I mean, they, they love you right back. Oh, I get more blessing out of it than they do. I mean, it's just, if I see somebody need something, and that we have the food there for them, and I, and I, and I know that they're going to have food for the next two or three days, it, it really makes me feel good. Lunches are delivered on the third Monday of every month. You can join in by helping pack lunches after church on the Sunday before or help deliver on that Monday morning. For more information, contact the church office at info at lexcentral.com. Okay, now let's get back to our story with Rachel. When, you're going, when you've been going through your stuff, mm-hmm. what was the... Um, was the most interesting thing or unexpected thing that you came across when you're when you're when you're cleaning so far? Oh wow, that's 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 a good that's a good question. Uh, one of the things I get asked a lot at Habitat is, you know, talk about yourself. What was your first involvement with Habitat, and how did you first learn about Habitat? And I I don't really remember that specifically because it was many years ago. Uh, but I came across two things I had saved related to Habitat more than a decade before I was there. And when my father-in-law died in 1991, which would have been, our local Habitat would have just been around for about three or four years, uh, two different people gave donations to Habitat in his memory. And I thought, wow, we must have asked for that. There must have been a reason. Um, And obviously it shows I keep everything since I still had those notes from people saying we gave a gift to Habitat. And the other was uh, a notice in in a church publication in 1993 about us participating in a build. So those were, I had no memory of and were unexpected, but helped me understand where those habitat seeds got planted in my life that ultimately led me to where I am now. So do-do-do-do-do-do-do on that one. Um, so that, that's been one of the most interesting things. And um, the notes from my kids over the years and, you know, their confessions and and always at the end, please tell dad <laughs> because they didn't want to tell their dad themselves. So that was that was good. Um, and they didn't know not to put it in writing yet. No, they so didn't know naive. not to put it in writing yet. <laughs> so beautiful and nice. There no, you know, now you have to take a screenshot of a text message to capture those kinds of things. <laughs> but back then, we still put it all on on paper. the letting go physically is really much easier than those emotional things because they do come back they sneak back in and and grab hold and uh, they're so embedded in us that it is a lot harder and 
so it's a process that's what grace is about uh, for me and Mark preached a sermon I'm not sure when but the benediction as he went out talked about God loving us no matter what always and it was beautiful and I've carried that with me on on many days I've tried to make that a mantra that doesn't matter because God's gonna love me anyway you know if I don't get that grant at work or I mess up a speech or I am short with an employee that's those things aren't good and you have to keep working but ultimately I can rest in that sure knowledge God's gonna love me anyway so God's going to love me whether that clutter's outside or inside. God's going to love me when I send it off and it comes back. God's going to love me when I obsess over the same thing over and over and over again. When I replay the tapes, God's still going to love me. So ultimately, that's where, that's where we come back to. That's why Jesus wanted to cleanse the temple. He wanted them to get rid of all that other stuff so that they could accept the fact that God did love them no matter what. And in response to that love, we need to try to live in a way that shares that love with other people. Gracious Father, we come today when we think about cleansing to ask that you help us not to forget what needs to be cleaned. We ask for your guidance and your strength as we not only try to clean up and clean out our lives, but to clean away the things that would block us and prevent us from doing the best we can for you. Be with us and guide us as we go in these coming days. Cleanse our hearts. Cleanse our thoughts. Cleanse us all over. For it's your son's name we pray these things. Amen. I remember the first time I saw David Wilcox. I was in a TV studio at Gardner Webb, and he was just out of graciousness, came in. I had never heard of the guy, and he plays that song. And I was just flabbergasted, you know. What is it it about that song that speaks? uh, Well, I just love his writing and the way he images. You know, he's an images guy. He's a metaphor guy. He's a symbolic guy. And I, I just love this, the symbol of the play, the drama, but ultimately the, the writer of the play is going to take you on a journey to real despair and a sense of hopelessness, but ultimately 
you know, the play is going to work out. And so that sort of that sense of, of hopefulness, even in the darkest, grimmest of moments, that, that somehow or other that the, that the big author of the play, and that being love, the very nature of God is love, that being love, that love will ultimately cause the angels to cry and for the story to come out okay. I just love the image of that. I mean, it's, it's always struck me as been. I love the tune. I love the the image, all of it. And of course, just David Wilcox's kind of. He's he's just really smart, and I like I like his music a lot. Yeah, he's the king of the extended metaphor. Yep. I yep. think the eye of the hurricane and all that stuff is all metaphorical. There's not. He, he almost writes about nothing that is what he's writing it about. It's always about something else. Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. and it's it's gorgeous, and and yeah, I don't want to I don't want to try to to pin down the theology of that too much because I like the hopeful sense that it that it, that it gives that there's no way to explain the the problems that we have in this world in a good way, um, but at least that's a hopeful perspective. Yeah, well, I think we run into trouble like with any of these even even. Any of these songs, if you if you press on the theology of the theology of every word too much, you'll run up against something. But there's sort of larger themes and larger ideas and larger feelings. That's why we do it to music, so those larger feelings can also guide your understanding of what what what's there for you to get. Uh, I, I know people who get hung up on the you know well the, we don't I don't sing that hymn because I don't like that particular component of the theology. And I think sometimes that's valid, but I think it's sometimes missing a point, a larger point. If you can set that aside, there's there's a there's a deeper message uh, that speaks to the individual very nicely. I think. Hmm. What's what 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 is it like? Uh, the the last one we did. Um, yeah, that one's a perfect example of that. You know, I mean, there's lots of stuff out there. There's a verse I didn't do about dying, and you know, I just didn't want to do it in this context. But the, you know, there's. You know, there's the sinner and the depravity of the sinner and all this stuff. You can talk about that, and and, and you know, but you can also talk about home. You can also talk about uh, the 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 tender, compelling of Christ to come back to who you're supposed to be. And so, I would much rather hang my hat on the home and the tender, compelling of Christ to come back to being who you ought to be, rather than. Well, we don't we don't like to talk about sinners much. Well, that's okay, but let's talk about the tender, compelling Christ. It's a beautiful song. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you.
Why should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading for you and for me? Why should we linger and heed not his mercies, mercies for you? Thanks so much to everyone who helped out today. Thanks to Rachel for offering her story. Thanks to Raleigh for playing for us. Thanks also to Adam Gabbard for reading scripture and Isaac Scott for offering our prayer today. Wayfarer is a production of Central Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, a loving, healthy, and progressive gathering of Christians where everyone is welcome, no exceptions. Find out more about Central at lexcentral.com. This episode was produced by me, Aaron Austin. Thanks to everyone who joined in, and thanks to you for listening. 